It's the final countdown of Final Girls. Get ready to blast off into the world of entertainment with Pop Culture Planet. Hello and welcome to the Halloween episode of Pop Culture Planet. I am your host, Kristen Maldonado, and each week we are joined by incredible experts for analytical pop culture discussions. In this episode, I am thrilled to be joined by returning guest Steph Koza of Aggressive Comics, as well as Amy Cassandra Martinez. How are you guys doing? Great. Happy to be here again. Yes, me too. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for joining me. Now, I love to start off our podcast talking about your entertainment origins. Let us know a little bit about yourself, what you're working on, how you kind of got started, it got into entertainment, and also, can you tell us who you are for Halloween? So for those who are listening to the audio podcast, if you're dressed up in Halloween costumes, I'm a superhero, and I will let you guys uh, share your backgrounds and uh, who you're dressed up as. Steph, you wanna start? Hello, I'm Steph. Um, so I have a YouTube channel called Aggressive Comics, where I review movies, and that's pretty much where I fit in in the entertainment world. I review movies, I talk about movies. All I do is watch movies. That's it, that's it, that's all I do. But um, uh, yeah, so I got started in the entertainment industry. I would say like college is kind of when I started. I went to film school and I went, I got really into uh, film production. I was a PA on a few productions. I was a casting intern for a while. Uh, then I worked at BuzzFeed in their video department. Now I work at NBC in their social media marketing department. So I've kind of hopped around in the industry. But um, right now, my most exciting thing is just reviewing movies on YouTube. And it's really fun. And I love to do it. Um, and my Halloween costume is Sabrina Spellman from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Because I just cut my hair and I dyed this little chunk gray. And I was like, well, I feel like this is a great opportunity. So yeah. That is a perfect costume for you. Now, I gotta ask because um, I feel like me and you are in a unique space where like we have corporate jobs working in like social media, but we also create content. Um, mm -hmm. How do you balance it? Uh, well, no sleep. <laughs> I mean, you have to, you definitely have to love it because it's a lot of work. There are days where, you know, movie reviews are hard because they're so timely and you can't, procrastinate like if a movie comes out you got to get that out otherwise no one will care so you know there are days where I'll wake up at like 5 a.m and I'll shoot my movie review before I go to work so that it's up that day and you know hustling to get screeners which you know as you know is a challenge but we try so it's definitely a struggle but um, I don't know you just have to love it and make it your everyday it's like another job really but Absolutely. I don't know how I make it work <laughs> Right, I guess just figured out that time balance mm -hmm. when you should be sleeping, doing something else. Yeah, you have to sacrifice a lot of things, you know, like I could go hang out with friends or I could watch this movie and review it. And so it's really just a matter of discipline, I guess. Totally. Now, what about you, Amy? What, what about you and your background? And also, what are you dressed up as? So uh, my background's a little bit similar um, to Steph's. I did get started in college. Um, I have done PA work. Uh, I interned at a news uh, outlet uh, when I was still in college. And then after I graduated, I was working there. And I moved, I'm originally from Texas. So then I moved out here after I got married, out here meeting LA. Um, 
And since being here, yeah, I've been a PA doing all kinds of things because PA work is crazy um, and commercial shoots and things like that, even a weird stand in for someone. Um, and then I got very lucky to be able to start hosting um, in front of the camera, which is what I really wanted to do um, with AfterBuzz TV networks that was started by Maria Menounos and her now husband, Kevin Undergaro. Um, and after that, I just started doing a bunch of really cool carpets and just, yeah, I mean, I think what people see when they think of carpets is just like the glitz and the glamour, but before that, I mean, you're just kind of squished in there, hoping to get a question in. So uh, definitely a lot of like really cool red carpet moments that are insane, but um, still really exciting. And I have started my own um, horror show every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and I think, oh gosh, it's been it's been five months now. I started it in quarantine. So right now is the time to start things. If you guys are wondering when you should start that thing that you've been wanting to do right now. Um, and I also started my Twitch channel this month, actually. I started streaming horror games. So, yeah, just trying to balance hosting, um, producing, editing, shooting, and having my own things as well. Um, and I am dressed as Sydney Prescott. Here's some blood. Ah! And then here's a fake knife, of course. Um, and then... Hello, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, Ghostface, you're right here. Hello. That's it's just my phone case. So yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Very cool. Now I gotta ask, um, what has been your favorite red carpet experience? I, I was also able to work at the SAG Awards uh for several years, and that's really exciting. But red carpet, red carpet, asking questions, rampage. That movie with The Rock and Jeffrey Dean Morgan and the giant gorilla and like the other mm -hmm. kind of animal that's like a snake or something or a lizard. I uh, Someone else was actually supposed to be doing that carpet and they were like, I can't do it. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah, of course. It was a really, really big carpet. And usually in situations like that, it means you're not going to get The Rock. You're not going to get Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like it just doesn't happen. And I got them and I was allowed one question and the rock said, wow, that's a really good question. And then my soul left my body. <laughs> and uh, also Jeffrey Dean Morgan was like, well, that might have to be my question of the night. And then my soul left my body again. And I was like, am I still here? So definitely that that day was a big day. That's awesome. That is iconic. I mean, if the rock <laughs> even breathed in my direction, I'd be like, <laughs> This is it. My life is over. Right. Yeah, it's like he's like, a, like a, one of America's sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. He's so nice, so friendly. And the fact that he took his time to go everywhere, not a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah that's how you know, like, someone's really just, like, about the work and stuff. Like, even if they're big, they'll give you, like, at least a question, you know? Yeah. At least. Mm -hmm. at least. But very cool. Very cool. So... You know, as uh, as we've mentioned and as Amy is dressed for, we are talking about final girls today. Um, I'll bring up a quick comment from Adam Daly. Happy Halloween Eve, Eve. I feel like this is this is like what you got to talk about on uh, when it's like the end of spooky season, you know, the final countdown, the final girls. So my question for you guys is what is a final girl? I mean... A final girl is the last girl standing, more or less. And usually 
she has to fight through hell to get there and usually is the one to kill whatever the big bad is. Yeah, she's also like the one that hopefully people are rooting for. You kind of just end up um, identifying yourself with someone. Um, and she's she's just a freaking rock star. And like anything that is um, put in her like direction, any obstacles, she can overcome them. And she always comes out looking really rough at the end, like with blood and like, <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know she yeah. was the final girl. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I think is so interesting about the final girl idea is that there, there are like some specific characteristics, but she's also like evolved a lot over time. You know, I think at the very beginning of like when final girls were first kind of originating you know, yes, she was a sole survivor of like this group, but also she kind of was very like um, pure. She was always like a damsel in distress, you know, like some strong guy had to come save her at the end and help her. Uh, but I think that we've really seen a lot of changes in that idea over time. And so I'm curious, like, what do you guys think about like kind of the beginnings of the final girl? and her origins and kind of how she's evolved. I feel it's interesting because when you think about the OG final girls, like even let, let's let's talk about Lori. Lori Strode. That's mm -hmm. not Lori. That's Michael. I touched <laughs> him, but I was like, wait, that could be confusing. Um, <laughs> she, I mean, she's very timid and she's very focused on her studies. She's this naive babysitter. And then Michael comes and tries to kill her. And then what we see in the 2018 Halloween is this grown woman. This is still Lori with longish gray hair and she is furious. She's seeking revenge and she knows that she, what is that one line that she says that she's like, I've been waiting for Michael, why? So I could kill him, like something like that. And it's, you see her going through so much already that she's not this like prim and proper, sweet virginal woman she's been through crap and she's ready to fight and kill Michael. And I think that's one of the biggest changes is that they come back with a full force and they don't have to be this stereotypical image of like, hi, I'm a final girl, I'm so sweet and pure. And oh my God, I went through all this, ah, I'm so scared, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess after a while you're kind of like, um, this has been like how many years now of this continuing to happen to me? I'm kind of over it. <laughs> you like kind of see them go through this like progression of like, yeah, maybe when they were young, they were, you know, this is when they were, you know, first coming into who they are. And now it's like, okay, I'm an adult now. And, and I think it is really cool that we get to see a lot of these final girls come back so many years later, you know, these franchises continue on for like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> people just love them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely always a story of like self-acceptance where like they'll start off really timid and, you know, like Laurie Strode was like a nerd in her friend group. Every final girl is always like the outcast of the group. Like Sally in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like all her friends are kind of like slutty and like they just want to be sluts and have sex with each other. And she's just like the small one. And it's always this like small, timid, shy or whatever nerdy person. And then by the end, they're like, I'm actually kind of a badass. Like I'm gonna kill this asshole. Like, and it's, it's just like a really empowering story, especially for young girls watching who might feel like they identify with that shy, timid girl and be like, I could be a badass too. Like she did it, why can't I do it? 
Very true. And, you know, it's so interesting because I think also like a lot of these, like a lot of final girls are in slasher movies and that's sort of a genre that I think a lot of times is like male, like oriented. Um, So it's really interesting to see that like these final girls have become so like iconic in this sort of like male centered genre. But also I think then it allows having these like strong women allows other women to come into that fold and like, be like, oh, I relate to that. This is so cool. Like, this is not just a scary movie. This is a girl who's like kicking butt and taking names. It's, it's it's kind of interesting to see that like these projects became so popular when they were so focused in like that kind of like male centered mm-hmm. gaze, if you will. I think what's interesting about the final girl and having like this girl hero in a horror movie is so interesting because the character is made to be relatable to the core audience. And the core audience of horror is generally men. So it's like, why are there so many girl heroes when they know, you know, it's it's just interesting why that came to be. It's also interesting how oftentimes the final girl is the least sexualized character. Like, even though it's a male audience, they never sexualize her. It's always her friends. They sort of demonize it. Like, oh, if you're gonna have sex in a horror movie, you're gonna die. Like, you're not gonna be the final girl. and they kind of make her a little more masculine. Like you look at Ellen Ripley in Alien and she's not girly at all. Like the final girl is never feminine, which is interesting. And I'm not sure why, I guess because they're trying to cater to this male audience, but. It's also weird because you're, I mean, how many times have we heard, I mean, anyone, but men say, oh, I just can't relate to that. Well, you've been relating to final girls, so. It's interesting to have that kind of viewpoint of being like, well, you know, you're not like a young, single, virginal girl. You're a grown man watching a horror movie and you're putting yourself in the shoes of the victim, of the final girl. So that's something to think about. But it's also really cool because the more um, the genre progresses and the more final girls progress, the more I'd like to think women are starting to take charge and take power back and being like, okay, this is how it started but let's change the dialogue a little bit more. Um, I know someone in the chat, Z, mentioned Nancy from Freddy was never a damsel in distress. And I feel like it's interesting because it's there's a fine line between scared, between being scared, which is a normal human reaction if someone's trying to kill you, and then being that helpless person that's like, I need help and I don't know who's gonna save me. And I feel like Nancy was already in that next level of like, I'm not your stereotypical final girl. I'm going to be doing something more about it. So I think that the more movies we get, the more women we're going to have in the background, writing the scripts, directing, doing, you know, DPing the movie. And then maybe that kind of um, aesthetic and that kind of point of view will come across more. So, I mean, if you look at horror movies directed by women, there are plenty. There are not as many as, you know, have been directed by men. And there's a lot that are, like not as obvious so like obviously halloween was not directed by a woman the og you know so it's i don't know i feel like they're harder to find but um yeah i mean jennifer's body oh shoot who was it um she did uh jennifer's body and the invitation so i'm like you know we've got great stories to tell maybe they're not all you know final girl moments but if we're heading in that general direction 
it's cool to know that we will have that kind of point of view come across. Um, Karen, oh my Kusama. God. Kusama. There we go. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I feel like there's hope and yeah, hope in the slasher movies and hope in the final girl evolving and being who she really is. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring up a comment from Nick um, who says, I think that Happy Death Day was kind of a play on that slutty girl trope or the non-virginal girl trope and kind of made this character who was kind of an asshole, a, a more of a three-dimensional character. And I, I think that that's definitely a good example of like a more modern final girl where they kind of do the opposite of some of the things that you would see in a typical slasher movie, but in a way that still pays tribute to it, you know? Um, and that's still fun and that you still root for her. And you do get like this character who starts out as sort of a stereotype and becomes this person that you do root for and you mm -hmm. want her to make it through to the end. Dana Polk from mm -hmm. uh, Cabin in the Woods. I mean, that's yeah. like one of the biggest ones where she starts, I mean, oh, I love that movie so much. Me but too. you see all of those archetypes, right? All of those stereotypes for everyone and all those characters. And of course the slutty girl dies first um, because she has sex with a guy, the jock dies too. Like all that, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> it just gave it all away. But by the end of it, you're like, oh, okay. So she's, she's gonna be it. She's gonna be the final girl. And you think that she's gonna choose, you know, the world instead of her friend. But mm -hmm. no, she doesn't. They're like, you know what? It's just you and me. Let's just, maybe it's time for the world to end. And then I remember watching it be like, but why? But I like that. That is so different. And you don't normally see that. The, the final girl always has to do the right thing. And she always has to sacrifice so much. But I, I like this take on her. The final girl does have to, to sacrifice a lot. And I think also we get to, like, we see so many stereotypes of the people that are kind of like, that she loses around her. Some of them are kind of problematic stereotypes. And I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on why there these are the stereotypes that there are, like the fact that like the girl who has sex is killed or, you know, minorities are killed first or things like that. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely changing. Like those tropes have become tropes. And so no one wants to do them anymore. And thank mm -hmm. God for that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's good that people are challenging them. Like, I mean, you look at um, Sydney from Scream, which I mean, Scream is sort of a parody. So the whole point of it is to lay out these tropes of the slasher genre and then completely subvert them, which is why Scream is so great. But I mean, Sydney does have sex in the movie and she doesn't die. And I think that's cool that they did that. But I don't know, I don't know who decided that that was the rule, I guess. It seems like anyone that's having any bit of fun in a movie, it's like, there's no fun allowed. Like you have fun, then you die. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's where it came from. And it's also like, you know, whoever did decide to start doing that, the people after were like, oh, these are the things that we have to hit. Like it's a checklist, got it. And until like more recently, I mean, yeah, Scream. And I mean, I would even say maybe Midsummer. I mean, I feel like horror has been getting crazier and crazier in like the best way possible, but it mm -hmm. isn't until people start questioning like, well, why the heck should the first like person to die be a person of color? Why? I don't like that. Let's not do that. Okay. And then we don't, I mean, us, us, I love us so much. Yes. Um, I have got the, the scissors right there. There are no words to express how much I love that movie. And one of the main things I love is that you get to see 
Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke and sure Elizabeth Moss as well. Um, play double, I mean, everyone really double the characters and be completely opposite. But you also end up feeling like, wait, is Lupita's character the villain? Is so she switched. So she, so Adelaide and Red, like who's, who's the final girl? Is she, so she's the final girl, but did she kill the right person? Who are we rooting for? And it, like all those lines are pretty blurred. You're like, well, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm rooting for Red. I don't, well, I don't know, I'm confused. <laughs> and that's what I think it's all about, making sure that we don't stay in these horror tropes with final girls, with just horror in general, because then it gets pretty stale. And then people are like, well, whatever, it's all the same. You know, someone's gonna die. And it's always good to have those like go-to movies where you know you pop it in and you know everything that's gonna happen. But it's great to push that envelope a little bit more and play around with it. It's horror. You know, I think you could get away with a lot of fun things. I think horror is a genre that is unique in that, like, I mean, I guess you can do a lot of things with different genres, but horror, like, you think of it and it's like, oh, this is supposed to be scary. And it's like, but no, this could be funny. This could be campy. This could be all of these different things in this one genre. Um, and I love what you said about us because, like, I love when you dive into characters that are more complex. And then, like, as you really look at that film, the bad guys aren't necessarily really the bad guys and the good guys aren't necessarily really the good guys. It's like people having this desire to achieve something or to have something that they don't have. Um, and it's like, what, why does that make you bad? You know, because you want to like live out in the world or because you don't want to be trapped in this like certain society. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. It also made me want it funny because it's like, there's so many. And then also, uh, I don't think I ever want to go to a carnival situation like that no. <laughs> i went to halloween horror nights and i went through the room and i was like ah, ah! and then i was just like amy it's okay it's okay it's okay it's fine no one's actually really here all these are actors it's fine and then i just look at them and be like ah you're doing such a great job but it's i mean that's the horror movie coming to life and you put yourself in that situation and i think that's what's so cool about horror movies too whether you're thinking of the final girl the villain everyone else you put yourself in those situations and these situations have such high stakes as opposed to, I mean, rom-coms, I love rom-coms so much. They also have some kind of high stakes, right? Dramas have high stakes. But there's something about horror that I like to think, it's kind of like riding a roller coaster, except I don't like riding roller coasters. But it, I imagine it's kind of similar and that it's thrilling, but you end up learning a little bit more about yourself by the end of it. And you're like, what would I have done in that situation? So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. true. We have a comment from Jorge Lopez, and I think that this is a really interesting comment. He says, horror films tend to depict the stereotypes and our prejudices of the times, whether it's aware of it, exposing it, or exploiting it. And I think that's a, a great explanation of, of why we've maybe dove into some of these tropes over the years. It's just like, that's how it was. You know, that's if you wanted to like include a person of color, well, they're not going to be the lead, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, or if you want, you know, you don't want to promote, you know, you know, young people having sex. So, hey, let's kill them, you know, and just kind of going along with the times. Um, and I think we're starting to see as people become more inclusive and more, you know, aware of things that like those things are not OK. They've never been OK. But now we can put that into movies. And then 
kind of do something different instead of always being stuck doing the same things. We also have a good comment from Nick that says uh, there's a new movie Freaky coming out later this year where it's a female slasher crossed with a body switching film. And I haven't really seen as many female slasher movies where like the woman is the villain. You know, a lot of times in these slasher films, the woman is the final girl. So I think that's gonna, I mean, it looks really funny. For some reason, it reminds me of Hot Chick. Hot Chick, yes. That's such a like early 2000s, mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a really funny movie. So I'm excited to see like their take on switching things up and having this like older adult man be the final girl and this young girl being the the slasher villain. I think that's gonna be really interesting. It's Vince Vaughn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys have never, it's not a horror movie, but I, I've already talked about Florence Pugh before, so I'm gonna talk about her one more time. Um, mm-hmm. Fighting with my family. Vince Vaughn is really good in that role. I think that might be my favorite role of his. I feel like, right? Like his his comedic timing and that's just like perfection. So I'm very interested in seeing him in this kind of role. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes with uh, horror comedy kind of movies, sometimes people think like, oh, so it's gonna be crappy. I think with horror, if you are not scared, then it just becomes a really good movie then it's no longer horror. If you find yourself laughing, then it's a horror comedy. And if it's Mm -hmm. straight up a horror comedy, then hopefully you're having a good time. And hopefully the the guts and the gore and the kills are pretty funny that you're like, ah, oh. And that's a great reaction to have. Like, why am I laughing at this? Horror comedy is like the best genre. It's so good. Because even if it's like really stupid, it's still funny. So it's fine. I can get away with anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. We got another comment that I'd love to bring up because I also want to talk about um, this actress and this film. Um, but Adam Daly says, I feel like Samara Weaving, yes. from Ready or Not, is this generation's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. I loved Ready or Not. And I am totally down for Samara Weaving being uh, a new modern final girl. What'd you guys think of that movie? I loved it so much. I thought she was such an amazing final girl. I love, I love this, like the imagery of it, like this girl in a white gown, she's like the image of purity. She's like getting married, which is sort of an interesting twist on the final girl. Cause normally she's alone or she's like the outcast of a group of friends. So that was a neat twist to see that like, she's with this other person and you don't really know what to expect. And then just to see her white dress covered in blood and go from pure to impure, whatever you want to call it. And just like, the moment where she just like snaps gives me life. <laughs> I love yeah. her story. What I think is so fun about this one too is that I I feel like this is one of the times where she's really saying what you as the viewer are thinking like, what the heck is happening yeah. here? This was supposed to be my wedding. And now you're like, what in the world? Um, and I love seeing that because it kind of makes you feel like you're in the mo- like in on the movie with them. Like, yeah, what is happening? What is wrong with these people? But then it still had those like kind of comedic elements so that like when they had that kind of reveal at the end, you're like a little bit scared because you're like, is anything going to happen? And then it's like kind of funny a little bit too, like her reaction to everything. So yeah, I think they did a really great job with Freddie or not. I feel like it was very underrated. I love her in The Babysitter too. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, it's, she's amazing. Uh, Talking about, you know, women being the slasher slash the, the villain, um, she is at the helm of, of, I guess, her cult, in a way. 
and she just oh she's so good because she's so likable but you're also like but you're doing horrible things and the mm -hmm. kid that you're babysitting is terrified and he he loves you so much and now you're you're scaring the crap out of him and us and what's gonna happen and it's just so good and i feel like she brings something that a lot of people just can't bring and i have no idea what that is um but yeah i mean i uh, uh i'm not gonna say anything about the babysitter too because I'm not sure if everyone's Netflix? seen it. Yeah. Okay. But you should watch it too. Ha, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to give spoilers just in case. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's definitely an incredible actress. What, who do you guys think now are like the the new final girls? I feel like there, you know, there's a lot of iconic ones that we've like seen over the years, like Sydney Prescott, like um, Dana Polk, like. Laurie Strode, um, Ellen Ripley, but who who do you guys feel are like some of the the new final girls? I mean, I guess Mar Weaving is definitely yeah, one yeah. for sure. I I mean, I selfishly I love Lupita Nyong'o and um, mm. let's say Danny. That's her character, uh, Florence Pugh. Lupita Nyong'o, besides doing us, I really loved her in Little Monsters. That was Little fun. Monsters was so sweet. I haven't seen um, that yet, but I really want to. It's so good, and she just she works as a teacher that you're like, yeah, she can, I mean, heck, if you're a teacher, you're already like, dang, you're strong. <laughs> um, and so like to see her in that kind of role and then also switch it when zombies are involved, so good. And I, I still like, I can't get over how much she was able to do in us. Just, yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that. And to have such a big juxtaposition between the two characters is just perfect. And Florence Pugh can do anything, honestly. I love her so much. And I feel like her role as Danny in Midsummer, maybe, maybe this is a thing with me with Final Girls, is that they have to have way more layers and you have to see all the trauma in their eyes. And you have to see all that nitty gritty stuff that you're like usually pushed aside or you usually push aside. Um, but Danny, Florence Pugh brings that all out and it's there and you see the pain. And especially because... She goes through a lot in the movie, um, but crap, it's all there. And I would love to see her do more horror because my goodness, yeah. I love her so much. I feel like we're kind of expanding our definition of final girls as, yeah. we're, like, as we're talking about them too. Like, you know, I think a lot of the older ones are from movies that like specifically are like a girl and like a guy with a mask, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but even like the ones you mentioned, um, Amy, like us, you know, this is kind of like, two sides of one person sort of in a way um or you know midsummer i mean like some kind of crazy yeah. <laughs> maybe like journey smollett in lovecraft country i feel like oh. a good final girl situation i mean she went through a lot <laughs> in this season and i mean i think that i, I see her do more horror she uh you know she's definitely a, a strong character and then uh a strong actress and a, a lot of what she was doing there's like more going on for her than just like fighting through stuff like you know so you know to show a, a strong woman with the all the other things that were going on in her life fighting through all these monsters and and whatnot you know i think she definitely killed it this um, person's not a final girl but i just want her to get nominated dang it uh tony collette oh i was thinking of her i was thinking of her I have, maybe I can show y'all. Here we go. Um, it's hard to see, and that's the wrong side. Whoops, 
nominate Tony Collette, you cowards. Unfortunately, yes. girl. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, I just yes. praise her. You know. <laughs> so I just want her to have more stuff. I feel like we've gotten so many different things. I don't know if you've seen. I mean, it's not necessarily strictly horror because it's just crazy. Um, but I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've talked about that for a long time. I don't even know how to like, <laughs> describe that movie or explain it or talk about it in any way. There's yeah, that so movie is fun. wild. That needs like a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. But she, Tony Collette is in a lot of so many great things and she can do everything. She can be funny. Yeah. She can be a little scary. Yeah. She yeah. definitely She's goes to the next incredible. level. Incredible. I'm curious also on the other side of things, do you feel like there are final guys in horror? I know we've, you know, focus a lot on like the, the women in horror. Do you think that there are final guys? I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is Ash from Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you, if there was a final guy, it would be him because he goes through hell literally. And He's definitely my favorite, like, final guy, I would say, just because he's just so, he's just this wisecracking, funny guy who, even though he's been through all of this shit, still has a sense of humor, which I admire in any kind of story. And I just love the Evil Dead movies, so mm -hmm. there's that. But, I mean, also we were talking about Cabin in the Woods. I would say Marty is sort of like a final guy since... He and Dana both make it to the end, mm -hmm. but it's. But I think you more root for Dana most of the movie. Yeah, I guess um, Chris from Get Out. That's is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, yeah, he he dealt with a lot too. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody goes so much to make it out of these movies. Like maybe a final family in Us, maybe because then I'm like, well, Winston Duke, would he like he survived his guy? Um, you know, yeah, they are like a final family. Families that kill their tethered stick together. <gasps> Ooh. You should put that on a sticker and sell it. Wow, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of like phrases that are brought up around women in horror. There's final girls. There's the female survivor. There's the scream queen. What do you guys think is like the difference between them? Can you be all of them? Can you only be one? Can you only be like a couple of them? Like how does the Venn diagram kind of come together for these women? I think to be the final girl, you have to be the one that struggles her way through and you are just rooting for her the whole way from beginning to end. Like I know before when we were talking about this, you mentioned Psycho and if uh, what's her name? Lila is the final girl because she is the one that survives in the end. But I don't know if I would really call her a final girl because she's not really in the thick of it. And she doesn't really show up until halfway through the movie. And Marion, the like the main girl, she dies halfway through. So she's definitely not the final girl. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the two of them combined makes one final girl. Like Marion is like, the fear of the final girl and the the one being hunted basically. And then Lila is like the brains who figures it out and like overcomes him at the end. But then she also doesn't do it by herself. But I think like between Scream Queen and Final Girl, I feel like Scream Queen takes on a whole other level. Like, like it's royalty because queen. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to, I mean, you've got Sydney Prescott, but more so you've got Nev Campbell. You've got Laurie Strode, 
but really you've got Jamie Lee Curtis as the scream queen. So the scream queen is who the actor actress is um, mm -hmm. that is depicting these roles. And they have earned this title because they're so freaking amazing. Usually I would say across multiple movies. So it's like you earn that recognition through blood, sweat, and tears, and lots of screaming. Mm -hmm. So you you could be a final girl that works her way up. Maybe it's like graduation, then you become a scream queen. But a final girl is just, you know, exactly what Steph said, just within that movie. Um, and if, because like, for example, Jamie from Halloween uh, four and five, Danielle Harris, I love her so much. She is so young in those movies and she just brings it. If you're gonna have someone come in after Lori um, and be the girl that you're rooting for, she just has to own it from the beginning, which she does. And I feel like she was a great final girl, but maybe she just wasn't given enough of an option or at least enough. I mean, she could have come back, but there was a whole lot of issues with paying her enough and whatever um, to be that scream queen. And maybe in my mind she is, but maybe in like the grand scheme of things, she isn't yet. But there's still hope. I'm freak. I freaking love Daniel Harris. So, um, yeah. And then the survivor is just well, you're you're there, but you haven't earned it. It's like tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Looking back, the final girls have stereotypically been like cut from like kind of like a similar cloth. Like a lot of them are, you know, white girls. And I think over time. We're starting to see, like, I think even as we were talking about some of our, like, modern picks of who we think are final girls and final guys, there's been a little bit more diversity there. And I know for the upcoming Scream 5, they've cast a lot of Latinos. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, a lot of Latinos in there, um, which I think is super exciting. And, like, maybe we'll get to see some Latino final girls and guys in this upcoming movie. Do you guys think that, that we're getting, like you know, more women of color or more people of color in that kind of like final girls realm. I don't know if there's really necessarily like as many new franchises like Scream and Halloween coming out, but I think that they are definitely continuing those franchises. And maybe there are opportunities to like give more people of color like these these roles and like these opportunities to become future Scream queens. I think horror is always the genre that's breaking the mold before any other genre like, you know, the final girl trope. It's horror was one of the first genres to have all of these strong female characters before any other movie. Or you look at like Night of the Living Dead, which came out in like the 60s, which had a lead. It was, I think it was the first movie, at least the first horror movie to have a black lead character. And it was the first movie to have a black lead character, just like not for the sake of him being black. Like they just, cast him because he was great. It wasn't in the script. It wasn't like, we need this character to be African-American. They just needed a man and they chose him. And that was just like, that never been done before. So I think horror is the place to do that. It's the place to break the mold. And I think it is definitely changing, like with Scream and with us and Get Out. And unfortunately there aren't that many that I can think of though. So, you know, I hope it's Definitely going in the right direction. But I mean, before we started this, I was trying to think of, you know, women of color who are final girls. And I could barely come up with two, which is upsetting. <laughs> but I think we're going in the right place. Absolutely. Honestly, I feel like this year alone, I've noticed so many more 
horror and like even just like spookyish movies um, coming out around October that are led by people of color, which I think is so cool. And I'm like, wow, this is the first year I'm like really noticing it. Like Netflix, I feel like has done a lot with um, Vampires versus the Bronx and A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. And then, you know, we have that new film, um, His House coming out about two refugees dealing with a haunted house scenario. Um, I just feel like the more I'm like thinking about it this year in particular, I feel like I'm noticing so much more, which just makes me really hopeful for, you know, more of that in the future. Yeah, I, I definitely, when I want to dress up for Halloween, I'm like, I want to I wanna be a Latinx character, like a horror character. And I'm like, where are they? We've like, I mean, not even just Spinal Girl, just anyone. I'm like, we've got La Llorona. Okay, what else do we have? Um, and I feel like, uh, I mean, I saw for the first time this year, I saw Issa Lopez's Tigers Are Not Afraid. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool because, I mean, it's it's not a slasher. It's very much like fantasy, but you've you've got a main girl and she's, she, I guess, is in a way a kind of final girl. Um, and everyone else in the film is pretty young and they defeat, defeat the big bad and all that. But it definitely is hopeful. I mean, I know that with each announcement with Scream 5, I was just like, ah, ah, every single time. I'm a huge fan of Vida. So to see Melissa Barrera, like there. Um, and then I believe it's Jenna Ortega as well, um, who mm-hmm. was in Babysitter, the Babysitter uh, 2 Killer Queen. Um, but it's definitely, maybe that's just me being a big um, stubborn person that I'm like, I want it and I want it now. It's not happening fast enough. And I would really like to hurry up the process of just having these final girls look like us. Like just, you know, it doesn't need to be this whole thing. And it's not that hard that we like, we all want to see ourselves on camera at the end of the day in one form or another. And I feel like the sooner that it happens, the better, because I know I'm not the only one that wants it. Like, hello, like we're talking about it. And I just, I just need it to happen faster. So everyone making horror movies, can we just like get on it? Yeah. I feel like I've talked about this before, but not even just horror movies. Like I, like this year is going to be the first time that I at least have seen, you know, full Christmas, like musical extravaganza led by African-American people with Jingle Jangle when that comes out on Netflix. Like, I want a Latino Christmas movie. Like, how freaking cool would that be? Um, I think that would be awesome. I feel like we, like, just always get these, like, very limited representation. And I just want to see more, like you said. Like, I just want to see more everything. We're just excited. This is what it is. We just want it. Just give it to us. We love movies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I watch horror movies sometimes to feel good. Because knowing that the final girl makes it at the end is inspiring to me. Because it's like, look, things might be really crappy in your life right now. But if Sydney can survive Ghostface that many times, then you can do this. You can make it through your Monday. You can make it through this crazy week. And it's inspirational. And it just leaves me feeling like, heck yeah. It's like the same kind of feeling after you work out, except you're just sitting on your couch and watching a movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I worked out with you. We all ran away from Ghostface together, right? <laughs> yeah, but no, you're right. It's, it's like, it's empowering to watch a girl 
rise up and defeat some huge evil thing that looks like it would be impossible to defeat it like i don't know why but it makes you feel like a badass i mean that's that's why i love buffy so much i can't believe i've made it this long without mentioning buffy <laughs> my girl my final girl mm-hmm. who i think is the most empowering female character that i've ever seen on screen i love her so much and i think she's a really interesting final girl because she is one of the only ones that i can think of who is actually very girly she's a cheerleader she's extremely feminine she just wants to look cute and kiss boys and she's like this she's like the stereotype of the girl in the horror movie who dies except she doesn't she gets up and fights back and i think that's probably why i love her so much because she does break that mold of who a final girl is and you could argue that maybe she's not a final girl because she does have this support group of friends, but in the end, it is always her doing everything. That's true. So. She really inspires everyone around her to rise up. And and heck, even like thinking of, I don't know if you're talking about the movie or the show more. Mostly the show, but they kind of have the same concept. <laughs> yeah, because like, at the, I mean massive spoilers but it's been a long time yeah. but like at the end of the series it's very much about like yeah i want all slayers to come forward and just be who yeah. you are and like mm-hmm. life is hard but like you're strong enough and that's empowering to everyone else there mm-hmm. all the other slayers and it's like even though we might not be slayers it's like but like maybe we can be yeah not like we could be we could. I think the more we get to see like different types of women in these spaces, it just like makes you feel kind of like good about yourself because it's like, okay, well, you can be more of a tomboy. You can be really girly. You can be a woman of color. You can be, you know, um, someone who's, you know, who's had sex, someone who hasn't, you know, all of these different types of people and still like survive and make it. Um, this is not really a final girl at all, but it just made me think of the new movie Love and Monsters that came out with Dylan O'Brien. And he plays this guy who has to like go like across the earth's surface where there's all these like monsters. And he's this character that's portrayed as someone who's very like kind of goofy and nerdy and like he can't fight and he like freezes up. And yet he still somehow manages to like get through and it just makes you feel like, oh, if he could do it, like we can all do it. like. You know, this guy who like, you know, can learn this lesson and learn something from this situation and then like, um, you know, rise up and survive this situation that we're all dealing with. Maybe I can rise through whatever situation I'm dealing with. You know, I think that there's like these these nice kind of morals of the story, if you will, that come out of these projects of just like keeping going on, you know? Fuck yeah. I'm curious about the success of the slasher Final Girl franchises and why you think they continue on. You know, Halloween, Scream, you know, these movies came out so long ago and yet we're still getting sequels, 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 and people love them so much. Why do you think that they're still so successful even now? I mean, there's always the nostalgia that plays into it. And that's the same across all genres, not just horror. Though I do think the horror sequels tend to do better I don't know if it's because horror fans are just so devoted to the genre, like way more than any other genre. Like, I don't know why we just love it so much, but it's it's definitely the nostalgia. And I think it's also because it's not like you're remaking some dumb action movie. Like they're usually a little bit more compelling than that. 
And even though it is sort of the same thing over and over again, like a slasher movie is a slasher movie. We all know what to expect, but it always has some sort of underlying commentary or I don't know. And, and it's also fun to see those final girls evolve even more over time and see how strong and powerful and how they can overcome pretty much anything. And as a viewer, that's inspiring to you because you're like, she's been through all this trauma and is still fighting. You know, we've talked a lot about the final girl, but why is this person kind of the target of these villains, so to speak? Like, do you guys feel like the villains are the draw in these projects or the final girls are kind of a combination of both? Overall, it's an underdog story and everyone always loves an underdog story, but I think people generally think of women as weaker than men, which it shouldn't be that way, but that is the way that it is. And so to see some small, timid girl being chased by a giant, terrifying man, that's entertaining for people. And to see her overcome it is even more entertaining. So, and more inspiring. So maybe that's why. I mean, if you just have a final girl, like she needs to survive that big, bad thing. Because if not, then it's like, where are all the threats? And so the yeah. crazier you make the, the villain, the weirder and the more annoying, annoying meaning like, oh my gosh, she's still coming back. Ugh. Then the more people are invested. And I guess that also kind of goes with why people keep coming back. It's like, what else is Sydney going to have to deal with? What else is Lori going to have to deal with? And each one's like, ah, cool. We got that. We got through that together. Um, but yeah, I would say it's like half and half. It's because both need to be equally as intense to be able to one, like try to kill the other and two, try to survive that horrible thing. It's really fun to see these small girls fighting up, beating up these bad guys and like constantly being able to like, you know, defeat them. Um, there was this movie that I saw at, um, I think it was at Fantasia Film Festival called Lucky. I don't know if any of you guys got a chance to check it out, but it's uh, by Bria Grant. And basically the concept is kind of like, to me, look, it feels like, what a final girl is going through like constantly, which is this woman wakes up in her home. This guy attacks her and every day she, she fights him off. And then the next day he comes back, even like no matter how much she hurts him and he's bleeding and like whatever, he always comes back and he's, it's like kind of like this weird, like supernatural, like why is the guy not like dying? What's happening? And they kind of went into this deeper message um, of like, this is what women deal with. And I, uh, she originally wrote the film kind of inspired by like women who are stuck in abusive relationships. But I think like this also like relates to um, just like what women deal with, you know, with catcalling or, you know, men bothering them or, or what these final girls are dealing with, with these, these villains who continue to come back again and again. Um, and it's just like this interesting commentary on how like, you know, women are always going to kind of have to fight these these battles in their lives and as like you just have to keep fighting kind of thing and then it can be like frustrating that like these things keep happening but you just have to keep fighting so i recommend the movie it was it was interesting and kind of like made me think about final girls mm -hmm. um, and kind of maybe where you know why we uh care about these stories do you guys have any other final thoughts that you want to share about Final Girls? I know someone earlier briefly mentioned Riley Keough. 
Um, and, uh, oh God, what was the movie? Uh, the Lodge. Mm-hmm. The Lodge. Oh, that was by far one of the weirdest, craziest movies that I've seen in a while because you underestimate it a little bit. So as far as like, oh, do we do we have any, you know, um, final girls that we can see moving forward in the next several years? I didn't mention her mostly because I'm curious to see like what else she does. Like mm-hmm. what's her next like horror movie? Because what she had to endure and not like psychologically speaking as her character is a lot. But um, if you guys haven't seen The Lodge, watch it. Don't underestimate it because I, it didn't do great at the box office. But sometimes, like, the little small movies that you didn't know were, like, so mm-hmm. weird really are. Is that the one with um, the two kids that she's dating the the dad? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see that. I forgot yeah. about that until just now. <laughs> Highly recommend it looked really good. Thank you guys so much for joining me. You will be able to find all of the information and links to Pop Culture Planet and our guests below. But if you want to follow Steph and Amy, do you guys want to share where they can find you? Amy, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, you guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra M T Z. That's an abbreviation for Martinez. Um, my YouTube channel, like youtube.com forward slash Amy Cassandra, and my Twitch, because I'm still very much playing. Um, horror games and that's really fun twitch.tv slash amy cassandra mtz remember that one rhymes so it's easy it's like a song (laughs) (laughs) and i am just uh steph coza on everything pretty easy to find me and then my youtube channel is aggressive comics with an x oh nice you have a new channel as well. I do have another channel it's not entertainment related at all which is why i haven't really talked about it but it's more of like a whatever the hell I want it to be kind of channel. And it's just my name, Steph Koza. Pretty easy to find if you want. (laughs) (laughs) And if you are interested in following the podcast, you can follow me pretty much everywhere at Kmaldo or the show at Pop Culture Planet Podcast on Instagram or Pop Cult Planet on Twitter. You can catch new episodes of the show every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. EST. And if you watch the live video version of Pop Culture Planet, youtube.com slash kmaldo where you're watching it now you'll be able to join in on the conversation in real time and stick around at the end for a q a that's not in the audio podcast episodes are available on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms spotify apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy the episodes consider subscribing so you know when a new one is posted rate and review this podcast and share it with your fellow pop culture lovers thanks for listening it's been a blast and i'll talk to you next week